We're going to get to gun control coming up. Headline in the Hill. Trump's anger boils over with Russia probe. How's that for objective journalism? They're describing President Trump as angry. How do you know that he's angry? It's not like he even spoke publicly. He just tweeted about the Russia probe and the Hill decided that he's angry and they're mocking him saying, oh, you see that the Russians interfered with the election. They didn't affect the outcome, but they tried and President Trump denied their their, their interference and he called it a hoax, which is a total lie, totally fake news. All President Trump ever said was that he believed Putin. When Putin said that he didn't get involved, he said, I believe Putin. He looked Putin in the eye. Vladimir Putin said to him, I didn't get involved. I didn't try to interfere. I suspect Vladimir Putin was probably lying to President Trump. But if he looked at him and believed him, I have no problem with that. That's not coming to any sort of conclusion. But the amazing thing is the anger. Why is President Trump angry? Why do they characterize him as his anger boiling over? And a lot of the media is doing this, by the way. They're talking about President Trump with a firestorm of tweets, trying to describe him as this loose cannon going off the deep end, furious about Mueller's indictments. They've got it all backward. President Trump tweeted that the Russians are laughing at us right now. We're sitting here uh, fighting with each other over nonsense, over bogus stories about collusion that are made up. And yet the Russians are wreaking havoc. The Russians are doing anything they want to do. Nobody's even noticing. They tried specifically. And this was Trump's real point. They tried to create chaos. They tried to create discord. That's why they were helping Bernie Sanders campaign as well as President Trump's campaign. They wanted there to be a, a, a basically a basic basically a civil war essentially in this country and they've gotten exactly what they wanted to do they hit it they did it they succeeded because while everybody's busy attacking president trump and talking about collusion and about obstruction and about james comey and rod rosenstein and there are congressional committees and hearings and i mean more money and time spent and wasted than anyone could have ever imagined on a story that's made up and meanwhile, Putin is attacking the Baltic states and he's doing all sorts of cyber attacks. He's propping up Syria and Iran. He's even helping North Korea. And guess what? We've completely dropped the ball. You know, the media does exactly with Putin what they do with President Trump. President Trump will tweet about something like that, that has that has no connection to anything. He'll just like randomly tweet something for fun and the media will be two weeks, like all the news shows, that's all they'll talk about. Meanwhile, President Trump issues executive orders. He's tough on immigration. He's he, he's helping businesses. He's creating jobs. And the he's, he's undoing and reversing environmental regulations. And what's the media busy doing? They're sitting around talking about some tweet that President Trump just did one, one day for fun that means nothing whatsoever. And meanwhile, President Trump succeeds in getting his agenda passed without a lot of people even noticing. Well, that's exactly what's happening with Putin. The one problem is President Trump's agenda is good for our country. President uh, Vladimir Putin's agenda is, is evil, totalitarian, and worse, he's trying to destroy us. And he's trying to destroy Western civilization, and the media is feeding right into his hands. So that's President Trump's anger boiling over. I'd be angry too. In fact, I am angry. Is my anger boiling over? Am I out of control? No. The media is like wrecking our country. I, literally. I mean, I don't mean to exaggerate here. Um, okay. The uh, Iran and Israel situation, it, the tension is still very strong right now. And the Iranian foreign minister has made public comments saying, uh, you see that Israel is no longer invincible. Ha ha, we got them. Ben Benjamin Netanyahu held up a, a piece of the Iranian drone that was shot down and said, the Iranians think they can mess with Israel. Well, 
guess what, Iranians? You can't mess with Israel ever, and we are never going to, to go down, and we are always going to stand up f against you, and we'll destroy anybody who gets in our way. That was Netanyahu's message. The Iranian foreign minister, uh, instead of doing what he probably should be doing, which is backing down, he's actually doubling down and lashing out against Israel, against Netanyahu, saying, ha, 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 we got you. you. You thought you were invincible. And the truth is, they did shoot down an Israeli fighter jet. This is the first time Israel has lost a, an, an Air Force aircraft uh, since 1982. So this was a very big deal. Now, the Israelis responded by taking out like a big chunk of uh, the Syrian uh, Air Force and heavy, heavy, heavy raids. So the Israelis certainly sent a very powerful message. But the uh, concerning part here is that the Iranians don't seem to be back backing down. The Iranians are trying to push the envelope. They're trying to test and see just how far they can go uh, and, and what the retaliation, what the response would be. The Iranians are testing the waters, trying to see, all right, well, what exactly will the Israelis do? How far will they go? How far will the United States go? And, uh, you know, the Israelis will go to whatever length is needed to stop the Iranians. However, they certainly don't want to do that, when it's especially to, to actually attack the Iranian airspace itself. Anything of the sort, that could situ situation could get very, very ugly. You know what's amazing is that the Saudis and Israelis don't agree about very much. You know what the Saudis and Israelis both agree about? They agree that the Iranians are the number one threat on the planet right now. By the way, H.R. McMaster said it. H.R. McMaster, President Trump's national security advisor, on Sunday, he said, we've got to take this Iranian threat extremely seriously. He, he, he implored the world. He said, we have to respond. We can't just let this thing go without a, a response. So he even recognizes it. The Saudis and the Israelis say it. They say, you got to tear up the nuclear deal, which is bogus and ineffective, and start over again. And yet the Europeans do nothing. Angela Merkel, Macron, and... The rest of Europe, they just sit by. They love it. They defend the nuclear deal. So, of course, because it was done by the great Barack Obama and because they were involved in it and their egos are involved. So it's just astonishing how the Israelis and the Saudis are both sitting there, neighbors with Iran. They're the real ones in danger and, and begging the world to basically get involved. And the world says, other than President Trump, the world says, ah, sorry, you know, it's really fine and you're on your own. And with the Saudis and the Israelis, like, what do they agree about? And by the way, uh, there was on the Polish embassy in Tel Aviv in Israel, uh, there were swastikas painted. There, the authorities are looking into that. That, of course, relates to this other controversy about the Polish law that uh, makes it illegal to blame the the Polish people for having any sort of involvement in uh, the Holocaust. So that situation is still very ugly as well, still very messy, and we'll keep you updated on those details as well. All right. When it comes to gun control, uh, I do believe that there should be stricter gun control laws. Yes, there you go. I said it. I think that it is a little bit absurd and outrageous uh, that uh, p people can get uh, assault rifles. I just don't see any need for people to own assault rifles. The Second Amendment, to me, allows you to own guns, weapons, protect yourself 100%, but that doesn't mean that it allows you to own guns that could clearly pose a major threat, a major danger uh, to children, to families, to, to any innocent innocent victims. Now, also, 
you know, back, background checks clearly are not strong enough. They, they should not be mental. People who are mentally ill should not be allowed to qualify to own guns, to have a license to own guns. Simple as that. There are loopholes where you can buy certain weapons at, at gun shows that you're not that you're technically not allowed to buy anywhere else. But if you're at a gun show, you can buy uh, certain weapons. Now, why is that? Either it's legal or it's illegal. What's the point of what does it matter if you're at a gun show? If you, if you own a, an illegal weapon, you own it, a firearm. Bump stock. You know, we've told you about a lot of these things. So. I don't understand why we have to make it easy. And yeah, I know this is going to be unpopular among some people, but to me, the Second Amendment, just like all of our freedoms, have their limitations. If it interferes with another person's freedoms, then your freedom of speech is limited. So I'm okay with limiting gun with 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 the making gun control laws stricter and uh, with limiting gun ownership when it's reasonable. You know, now the problem is it gets carried away. Once you start passing these laws, a lot of people are afraid to go there, Republicans, and I don't blame them in the sense that it could lead, it's a, it's a, it's a slippery slope, you know, and it could lead to then even tighter. Once you give a, an inch, well, the Democrats will run wild. Now, President Trump tweeted the other day that the Democrats could have passed gun control laws under Obama. They were in control. Remember when they passed Obamacare? 2009, 2010, but they did not. Now, why did they not do that? Probably because a lot of their constituents are uh, are gun owners as well, believe it or not, in, in, in a lot of states, especially in the Midwest. So a lot of Democrats, plus Democrats also probably get money from the gun lobby, from the, MR, from the NRA. So why didn't the Democrats, I think it's a great point, why did the Democrats not pass uh, a gun, gun control legislation when they had the chance? Uh, now, so they're, they're hypocrites too. Now, it, it, here's the problem. Gun control legislation will not prevent uh, these types of attacks. Uh, at least it won't solve the problem. Maybe it'll, it, it'll help, but it will not solve the problem. And here's why. If somebody is a sociopath like this boy, uh, Nicholas Cruz, they could, they could create a bomb. It's not difficult to create at least certain types of bombs. People can make homemade bombs. We told you about a story where Al-Qaeda had, on Barnes & Noble's website, Al-Qaeda taught people how to make a bomb in their own kitchen. How about taking a car and mowing people down with a car? There's no shortage of ways, unfortunately, to commit mass murder if a person wants to carry out an attack, if a person's crazy or if a person's a terrorist for that matter. So if we're going to pass gun control legislation and think, all right, well, there we go. We solved the problem. Well, that's a big mistake. Gun control legislation will not solve the problem, so we really have to get to the root of the problem. And in fact, in this case, we already know the root of the problem with this guy, Nicholas Cruz. We know that authorities, the sheriffs, were called to his house 39 times, 39 times. We know that he was flagged. The FBI got a tip about this person. He said that he wanted to commit a school shooting a few months ago. And yet the FBI, they're in a lot of hot water. President Trump lashed out against FBI Director Christopher Wray because somehow this got overlooked. It got ignored. And they never followed up on it. Now, they get a lot of tips in, in their defense, but there has to be a better system. This, this, this person, it seems that everybody knew that this kind of thing could happen sooner or later, and yet the authorities dropped the ball. They did nothing about it. So you have millions and millions of gun owners who don't do anything, who don't do anything wrong and who are harmless and who are good people, and then you have this one guy who happened to have owned a gun, but guess what? This guy also 
uh, got visited, his house got visited by sheriffs 39 times, and he was flagged at the FBI. How many of those millions of people who own guns do you think also fit that other criteria? Very, very, very few. This is extremely rare. So, in fact, the real way to get to, to prevent this kind of thing is to do a better job of tracking these people down. There are not nearly as many crazy people who everybody knows are crazy as there are gun owners, right? You see my logic? So it's a much better solution to help to, to improve law enforcement and to figure out a way to, to track these people down and, and, and get a hold of them before they carry out these attacks and uh, listen to the warnings of the people around them. Now, uh, in, in addition to that, you know, there's another very important fundamental point here, which is that the liberals always want to control everything and be able to solve all problems. And we have to recognize sometimes things cannot be solved. Some problems just don't have a solution. There are bad people in the world. And no matter how good our gun control laws are, no matter how good our law enforcement is, there's always going to be people who slip through the cracks. Certain humans are humans and there's bad people. And uh, the, the, not every problem has a solution. Not every attack can be prevented. Now, the liberal mentality is, no, we have to. We're the government. We can control anything. We can control the environment. We can control bad people. We're in total control. And, and what do they do? They, they, they make stronger, tougher legislation, tougher laws. They ban more things. They crush our freedom. They stifle society. That's always their response because we're the government. We have to be able to solve things, and that's the wrong attitude. We have to try. We have to do our best, but we have to also give people freedom. We can't take away people's freedom, and we have to recognize that, guess what? The government has its limitations, and you're not always going to be able to solve. Not every problem can be solved, period, and that's the sad reality, and, and, and the liberals go to the other extreme where they want to help the environment, so what do they do? They create all sorts of restrictions, regulations on businesses, and they force businesses to lose a ton of money, and that causes jobs to be lost. That causes wages to go down. Uh, Dodd-Frank, they want to overregulate the, the stock market crashes. We have to be in control of the stock market. So now people can't borrow as much money as they want. Now, uh, companies are not able to, to borrow money. Now, banks are not able to lend money and make money. And they destroyed a lot of businesses that way. You know, they, they spy. They, they, they increased after 9-11. They increased uh, the NSA's ability to spy on, on Americans and to do surveillance on Americans. Americans being spied on right now. Now, I, at, at first, I was in all in favor. It, you know, it's post 9-11. Terror attacks, Al-Qaeda, the whole new world, and we have to do something about this. The government has to get involved. Yeah, you're going to destroy people's freedoms, but it's worth it. We can't. We have to prevent another attack. But you know what? H how far does that argument go? If, if people are being spied on in America and if people have no freedom, maybe there won't be another terror attack, but at what expense? If you're basically interfering with people's lives and not allowing them to live a life of freedom and prosperity, then is it really worth it? Now, this is a, a philosophical debate, and it's something that has to be paid attention to, and it needs a lot of thought, a lot of careful analysis, need to do a lot of research and studying, but that's the point is, if they, if, once we allow them to have this mentality of, all right, guys, we can prevent anything. We have to, stricter gun laws, stricter gun laws. And well, where do we draw the line? At that point, it becomes so strict and so tough that it'll go to the other extreme and you will take away people's freedom. And I don't believe that's going to help anybody. In fact, I think that's going to be much more damaging. See, we never hear about all the stories where crimes are prevented or where people save their own lives in self-defense. Those are rare to hear about all those stories when guns actually protected people. We don't hear about all the burglars, potentially, who avoided houses in a certain region because, well, everybody there owns a gun, so I'm not going to go anywhere near those houses. We don't hear about those stories. We don't hear about all the, all the lives that are saved by guns. We only hear about all the lives that are lost by guns, and that's the real underlying issue here. All right.
right, that's going to do it for today. We thank you all for joining us, and we will see you next time.